Hello everyone, I'm Mike from The Self App, and thank you for listening to The Self App Podcast. This is a show where we discuss all things good thoughts, good words, good deeds related, and interview people passionate about being their best self, and who are helping others to be their best self too. Some of the segments include Coaching Clinic, where we talk to psychologists, motivational thinkers, and life coaches. Book Club, where we discuss and share reviews on our favorite books. Startup Spotlight, taking a pre-seed and more often than not non-techie view on starting a business and running a business. Health and Fitness Hustle, where we provide tips, tricks, and training from experts. And Esoteric Edge, a look at hidden or secret philosophy and how it can help you be your best self. If you haven't already, please download the Self app where we deliver you a collection of tools to help you be your best self. And 3% of all our profits are donated to charity. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. It's my privilege today to introduce you to Abhijat Saraswat. Affectionately known as Ab, Ab is the founder of Fringe Legal. He is a technologist, a thought leader, who frequently speaks on innovation, transformation, and leadership. He was called to the Bar of England and Wales in 2015. Abhijat has worked for a number of large multinational corporations across a range of sectors and holds a bachelor's degree in forensic science and neuroscience from the University of Kiel in the United Kingdom. Abhijit has worked with organizations globally to solve complex problems and where needed, implement solutions which increase the quality of work, improve retention and enhances the client experience. Very happy to have you on today, Ab. Thank you very much. I am absolutely thrilled to be able to introduce you to our audience and have you tell us all about your side hustle. Um, Without me spoiling the plot because I know a little bit about this, I would love for you to fill our audience in on on what you're actually doing and, and how it all came to fruition. Sure, and thanks for having me, Mike. It's a pleasure pleasure to be on the show. And yeah, so the side hustle is exactly as it sounds. I, I like to think of it as a passion project more than anything else for the moment, but it, it's called Fringe Legal and it is a media brand that focuses on innovation, transformation, and knowledge management within this, uh, within the realm of the legal profession. So think of lawyers, uh, the large corporations that have legal teams, and anyone else who actually impacts things like access to justice and the law. So it's focused on that. It's been around for about two and a half years. And yeah, I'm happy to go into the story, but it's evolved from initially just a podcast to so much more now from the podcast, which is still going. Uh, We are almost at 10,000 downloads now. And the newsletter, which started about 50 weeks ago, exactly today, as it probably by the time this comes on, that would have been going for about a year plus and so much more. So I've been speaking at events, holding conferences and just doing a lot more. And there's been some fantastic and unforeseen benefits that I've seen as a result of just devoting time to it and saying yes. Interesting. So it sounds like this has really got its own intellect, if you will, its its own life and, and its own trajectory now. Um, but, you know, I guess one of the things I want to try and distill out of today's conversation is how did this come about? I mean, if, if you know, for, for the average Joe or Jane out there who's sitting out there and 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 thinking, you know what, I'd, I'd really love a passion project of my own, right? How how did this begin? What were the seeds, the starting point, the the embryo, if you will, of this? And and you know, let's start there and, and try and unpick that a little bit, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I think probably probably similar to many of the founders and uh, innovators you've spoken to, it starts with solving your own problem. So for me, it was around what were the conversations I wish I had, but weren't having enough of, or when I were having those conversations as part of my day job, I wasn't having them for long enough period. These, these were really the conversation I would have from the entrance of a building as we walk towards a meeting room or from you know the elevator or the lift to the actual boardroom these really snippets of some really fascinating things people were doing outside of the realm of their day job or in addition to their day job i wanted to have so many more of those conversations and quite frankly that's how it started i thought about well how could i have this conversation and the podcast which is why i started with that came to be the in, in the inception point which was if i have a podcast i can have all these people on and not only could i benefit from hearing their stories but i could also broadcast them because some of these things were fascinating mm. it's uh really really amazing to hear that that you've turned something which is a little bit of a water cooler kind of style um off the cuff conversation into a, a complete side hustle with its own life force so to speak talk talk to us a little bit about um you know where you started so what was the first step that you took once you realized you know this is something i'm passionate about i really want to speak to more of these people what 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 did you do from you know a structural or procedural point of view you know it sounds like the webs the sorry the podcast was the baby um how did you begin putting that together um and and you know what were the thought processes and even some of the um, tools that you thought to bring together to be able to give that to the world yeah so there's probably many schools of thoughts two most common ones are you think through each step very carefully you plan for each of them or you do what I did, which is you just dive in without really thinking about <laughs> any of the consequences or any of the potentials. You know, you try and sort of manage your risk as much as possible. But uh, honestly, as soon as I had the idea, within probably a week of that, I had emailed about six people that I've met that I knew. Um, you know, probably not, they weren't friends or anything, but I knew from, from a professional context or people that I, you know, would be happy to at least discuss this idea and said, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. Would you like to be on a would you like to be a guest um i would love to you know learn from you and actually give you a platform i had no platform i would love to give <laughs> you a platform um to come on and you know let me ask you a couple of questions and amazingly most of them said yes um everyone responded most of them said yes some of them said they couldn't do it then and actually since that time there have been a guest so it's amazing how much people will say yes to and I think had I thought through all of the the specifics of what it takes to record a podcast, all the things I would have to learn, because I don't know anything about audio, essentially I didn't at that time. Um, I didn't know anything about audio equipment, editing, recording, all of the nuances that go into producing a show. If I thought about that, I would probably still be thinking about it today, right? But because I had emailed these individuals and they had said yes, and we scheduled a time, I think the earliest one from that was about three weeks from then, I had three weeks to figure out the bare minimum I needed to do in order to be able to just record an interview. So at least that forces, or at least it forced my hand to break down and prioritize, well, what do I need to do? Do I really need to learn about editing and producing and publishing the podcast? Not really. All I need to know is what do I need to do to record some audio? 
and make it, you know, actually make sure that it sounds good initially when it's being recorded. That's all. And once I figured that out, each each subsequent episode and each subsequent interview was so much better. And I still cringe listening to the very first interview because not because of my guests, they were amazing, um, but because of how bad I was and what the quality was like. But you improved so quickly just doing it more and more. Absolutely, absolutely. Some, some great little tips there. What I really um, want to talk about is the evolution of the podcast, and, and you touched on a little bit at the end. Um, it's really burgeoned into, as as you describe it quite quite succinctly, a media brand. You've now got um, your own newsletter, which has its own life and its own nuance. Um, you've run a really successful virtual conference during um, COVID and lockdown. And, and I know a lot of people um, in, in our world, in the world of legal tech, do approach you and come and talk to you about how they can replicate the success of that virtual event um, and, and the way you run it. Talk to us a little bit about if you would be kind enough to share um, you know what prompted the you know step because because you know really what I'm I'm trying to get at here is you've got a day job you're doing this as a passion project it's it's consuming there's a lot of time and as you just shared the editing the post production the work that goes into it um, that's a lot of work to give yourself even more work with these other channels if you will is going to be hard uh, I'd love to have you talk to the audience about you know why the newsletter why the events what you get out of it personally and then some of the tools and things and 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 steps that you took to choose the platforms that you did i think that that, that's quite fascinating yeah no happy to do that so firstly i'll say look it is extremely time consuming i am now a team of one (laughs) um the important thing is as needed so when i was putting on the summit which was again there's a lot of uh, commonalities here. It was the first time I've ever put on a summit of any sort. It was definitely the first time I put on a summit. Um, that was a fully virtual summit. And like anything and everything that I've done with Fringe Eagle so far, I set the bar extremely high. It was not set as, you know, we'll have a summit where we have three speakers. It was a two day summit where we had 30 plus speakers. It ran for about eight, nine hours each day and it was broadcasted both live it was recorded and there was a lot of management around that and i gave myself about a week and a half to record all of the pre-recorded segments ahead of time uh, and then put all this together and all all the while whilst i'm doing that i'm actually thinking through well how do i host a summit what do i need to do right how do i promote it do all of those things um which is fantastic and i'm happy to talk about all the tools and things but that's what i would tell people don't be shy to set a challenge for yourself and keep stepping up. Um, and don't be shy to actually bring in friends or people who are good at this. So I leveraged some of my friends, in fact, my wife as well, when we were doing the summit, because I realized that I needed help both in getting the guest. Um, so just actually asking people, look, just share with your network that we're looking for guests. Something as simple as that makes your life so much easier because it may mean that you have to find three less people than you thought initially you might. Um, and also just having someone there who was you know, supporting you. And when I was running the summit, they were there just messaging people or doing things along those lines just for those two days it was such a stress reliever. So I would say start there. In terms of tools, if you want me to talk about those, I'm more than happy to tell, talk about which tools I use. Absolutely. Let's take a step back and work out how you went about picking them. Um, you know, knowing that this is a side hustle, did you just go for what was cheap and, 
and nasty, so to speak, and free? Or did you did you have a, a you know a different thought process around how you put them together? Really curious as to to you know how you decide if you're going to commit to a side hustle. How do you put your your tool kit together? So I think the number one criteria for me is experience, um, both my experience as the end user who's going to be interacting with it most of the time so that's definitely the case when it comes to the podcast so i use zoom to record it or zencaster to record the podcast either or um, because i know what i'm doing with them right um, i use a software called descript huge huge fan um, of descript which is what i use for editing um, i use and i learned on much more complicated tools the adobe suite um, so from that to something like Descript, where again, being a team of one, I have to think about what is the cost benefit analysis for me? If I can do something in Descript in an hour, what might take me five hours or 10 hours to do in Adobe Audition, which is the reality of the situation, that is an easy yes. And if I have to pay for that, I'm very happy to do that, right? In the perfect world, I would absolutely outsource some of that, some of those items. But again, as you're testing the ideas, you're trying to go for the minimal viable project. You're trying to think, how can I test this without investing a whole bunch of capital up front? And most of the things I've done so far, they've been built on over time. I've been doing this for two years, so I know where the needs lie. And I've also experimented with lots and lots of tools and by the way anyone in your community if you ever want to know about podcasting or hosting virtual events please do ping me on linkedin or any other material more than happy to answer questions um but i would say when i first started it was i had a basic microphone because again experience wise it's a podcast audio should sound good right but it wasn't the most expensive microphone in the world um it cost me about, i think about 40 us dollars um and i still use it today so it's been a pretty good investment for two and a half years. Um, when it came to things like, and actually at that time, I didn't even pay for Zoom. I just used the computer's audio because I had that person in real life. So that was it. That was my starting cost, $40. Um, for the conference, I used a platform called Hey Summit. Um, huge fan of theirs. Um, if you Google my name and Hey Summit, actually I wrote a 5,000 word post on exactly how I hosted the entire conference. Um, so if anyone needs a primer on how to do that, it's all in there, including sample emails and templates and everything I've used. I just gave it all away. Um, but there, it was about how can I bring the existing technology that I have, so Zoom, and bring that into Hey Summit. So I have to learn even less. And lastly, experience is again at the center of how do I make the experience for my attendees and I have no idea how many people are going to attend, but even if it's just one or two, how do I make their experience the very best? And the overwhelming response I got from, from everyone who attended the summit was, this was super simple, um, this was a great experience. Yes, things could have been better, absolutely, but compared to most summits that were going on at that time, they were blown away by how natural it felt how easily it worked we had one technical hitch and that was it um, beyond that everything worked much better than expected and in the end we ended up getting i think about seven eight hundred people uh, throughout the two days which was extraordinary because think about i had no email list before i started the summit right so all i could do was promote through other people's brand and leverage their networks 
because I had fantastic guests on, um, people wanted to come and see them. And that's that's bigger than a lot of summits that are put into the space. And that's over the course of two weeks. I'm not undermining any of the other summits, but if you do things right, and if you put on and offer valuable content with the focus and experience first, you can get so, so far. Amazing. There's some huge takeaways there. Valuable content, um, attendee experience. Those things are a, a, a winning recipe. Uh, and I think there's some big check marks that if anyone's got their notepad out, they should be taking them down right now. I know I just did, so thank you. Um, one of the things I really want to talk about is going into the newsletter. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the newsletter. And what, um, if you, you permit me to, to jump in here and share with you the takeaways is, um, you know, I listen to your podcast every week, but you go to a deeper level in review and analysis of um, both the podcast and snippets from legal tech in general and your thoughts on trends and what's happening in the space. You really take a curated um, um, approach as well as leaning in and adding your own insight to what's going on to create, as you said, that really valuable content that differentiates you. Um, one of the things I most love and I, I actually get a little kick out of and, and you know, I'm in competition with uh, another individual in our ecosystem, in our day jobs, uh, to try and beat that individual in getting some of the cool stuff that you've set up to talk about your rewards program and how that came about and what you've got as a part of your newsletter because you tapped into it before when you were speaking about the event. This has got a life of its own in the way that people are now promoting your newsletter into their networks and it's going viral um, and, and you're getting signups as a result of, of this and, and I think this is a really cool uh, concept and, and I love what you're doing with it. So. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And look, as the you know, as your app is called the self app, the newsletter is just me being myself, which is it's quirky. It's even though we talk about serious topics, it's not serious. Uh, you know, there's emojis everywhere, and I think being authentic and just being yourself just makes it easier. Ultimately, if you're going to stay with doing something. And by the way, people start podcasts all of the time. People start newsletters all the time. If you look at the number of podcasts that have been created, very few podcasts get past episode number seven. So anyone who has a podcast and you've done more than seven episodes, give yourself a pat on the back because you are probably ahead of 80% of the audience. If you've been doing it for a lot longer than that, it's hard. It's really difficult, right? Whether you're doing it by yourself or you have guests on like you do, it's tough. Same thing with the newsletter. And ultimately, it's, I mean, it's lonely, a lot of these things, right? Sitting there writing a newsletter. And I don't get that many responses from the newsletter, but people recognize, have started to recognize me from the newsletter and the brand. And I wanted a way to do two things. A, I love marketing. I love, love marketing. And I love quirky marketing campaigns. Not the gimmicky ones that just come and go, but something that actually delight people, really delight people when they come across that. And hopefully that comes across as my brand. Um, and with the newsletter, the rewards program, it was a way to just give something back to people, right? And again, the way the rewards program works is I'm using a email service called SendFox. Uh, it's extremely cheap. Uh, there are free email services out there and there are other programs that plug into that that basically become a rewards program. And at the most basic level, the way it works, everyone gets a unique code. When they share that code and someone subscribes to the newsletter, they get a point. And the more points you have, the better the free swag 
that you receive becomes, right? So, and by the way, anyone who's thinking about this and they don't have a budget or anything, it doesn't have to cost anything to give free things away. The very simple level that I give away on my um, for the newsletter is if you refer three people, you get a mention in the newsletter. That cost me zero. Um, in fact, it makes the other person who's referred the newsletter feel way better than it makes me feel. And that's what you want, right? There are a loyal reader who are, who's out there promoting your brand. Give them a shout out. It doesn't cost you anything. It makes them feel better. It's amazing. Um, the next level, I won't go through all the tiers, but the next levels are things again you can do. So there's an ebook, which you're very close to, um, which <laughs> essentially allows me to leverage some of the content that's come before in a slightly different way. So again, I'm not reinventing the wheel. You don't have to start from scratch. And in fact, you don't even have to do that. If you just want to compile your top five episodes and have a bullet point summary of each of those into a you know, a somewhat nicely designed ebook. And by the way, anyone who needs design help, use something like canva.com. It's free. You can design wonderful resources on there, ebooks, posters, a whole bunch of things. Um, do that, right? And then from there, some of the other ones I do have are paid ones. So you get a t-shirt, for example, for referring, I think 15 or 20 or 25, uh, and all the way up to the end, if you refer 100, over time, you get a sweatshirt. But the cost of me, giving a sweatshirt that's branded. Um, it cost me, I think, 35 US dollars. But if that means that I've got 100 referrals, it's well worth it, right? So that's how you have to think about it. It sounds like it's expensive. And yes, you probably do want to bear that in mind if you're getting lots and lots of referrals, it's worth doing that. Um, but otherwise, you're just looking at what's your acquisition cost for each of these emails or your customers. and. How can I delight them? Again, you don't have to give people things away for free. Um, it could just be, well, if you refer 100 people, you'll have an hour of my time. I'll book a one one-on-one -on -one session with you for an hour. If you're an influencer in the space, that may be worth thousands to someone potentially. So you can mm -hmm. absolutely do things like that. And it's it's really important for our audience to understand that this side hustle of yours, as it stands today, it's not monetized. You don't you don't charge for it. You don't bill for the podcast. You don't bill for the newsletter. You don't make anything out of it financially. It's it really is, as you say, a passion project. Um, but you you certainly have plans or have an idea of of ways in which you can monetize it. And I think you just tapped on it just there in terms of building influencer status and what that will allow you to do if you are committed and stay committed to the path you've chosen. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? I mean, in general, you don't necessarily need to give away your secret source out, but what, what do you see as the, um, you know, the horizon for this to, to finally get back some of the, the monetization for the work, effort, blood, sweat and tears you put into this? Yeah, and look, I, I'm very happy to give away any of my secrets because I'm not short on ideas. And if someone wants to steal any of the ideas I have, please, please go for it. Come and ask me, I'll give you more ideas that you can steal because I have plenty and I don't have enough time to execute on them. Um, so yeah, the, the plan is to eventually monetize Fringe Legal. Um, I'm a firm believer that whether you're doing so now or you're going to monetize eventually or you never monetize, it doesn't actually matter you need to be delivering value. It needs to be so valuable that once you, you know, click that button and you start charging for, whether it's a paid newsletter, whether it's a product, whatever it might be, a high enough percentage of your user base wants to stay. 
and pay for it. And I'll tell you the strategy for Fringe, which is build an audience of X thousand people because I'm in a very niche space. Um, and there's a number of ways I can monetize from there, right? It could be a paid, paid newsletter. So if people are getting enough value, you have essentially a freemium tier. So everyone gets a newsletter every week or every two weeks. But those that are paying, let's say $3, $4, $5 a month, they get the additional insights. So once a month, I've started doing trend analysis, which is looking into the future. Um, you know, you get the more in-depth write-up from the podcast interview. So again, the content is free, but if you want the additional effort work where I give you the written analysis, maybe transcripts and things of that nature, that may cost a little, right? Um, or you can start thinking about productizing things. Can you create a product that you're user base once. So for me, it's a media and content library that I'm putting together. So if you work in a law firm in the marketing team, you probably would benefit from being able to search very quickly through a library of 100 plus interviews with, you know, probably 85 different people within the space, filtered by category, filtered by topic, and then be able to access that. It may cost you on a monthly or annual basis. So those are some ideas, but again, I can't emphasize this enough. If you're doing something as a side hustle, either you start from the beginning as knowing exactly how you're going to monetize that and you test against that, so you don't spend a whole bunch of time just continuing to do that, or as I have done, and there's no right or wrong way, by the way, as I have done, you do something because you think it's enjoyable. It solves your problem. That's how we started at the beginning, right? Solving my problem of talking to interesting people. If I make zero money, I've, talking to a, I've spoken to a hundred interesting people on the record, right? So that's something that's recorded and it's out there. Uh, it builds my brand. It builds my influence. And from that, uh, of course, you can have other ancillary benefits. So I get asked to speak at events or to moderate conferences and things of that nature because people have now recognized me. Or if, if someone is questioning, is this guy any good at interviewing people? I can point them to one of 100 plus interviews and say, well, listen to any of these and make up your own mind. I don't have to prove myself. Um, let my work do the talking for you. Mm, I love that. That's a really great line. Let your work do the, the talking for you. Um, well, as, as we begin to wrap up, I mean, there are so many really big points uh, and, and you've answered some of the questions that I usually ask everyone on the, that comes on the show. You know, the first of which is what was the problem? And you've nailed your, your, your problem um, statement, which is really um, having those interesting conversations and having so many more of them, right? It, it starts with a real, it, it, you know, if I distill that down, it was a, a desire, a passion to have more of something that you didn't have that you would have liked to and have access to that and I think that's powerful for our audience in looking for how they can align themselves with a side hustle and 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 seeing the gap in their own lives and something they would be passionate about pursuing um the question I do have is um two and a half years onwards uh, multiple channels that you're managing still delivering your day job not making a cent out of the side hustle yet how how throughout all of this process did you have to be your best self? <laughs> um, that's a good question, a tough question to answer. So I, I think I've learned so many things from this and I'll give you my top three and these are not in order except that it's top three. Um, one is you just learn how to persevere. I can tell you there are days where I am recording a podcast after I've worked in my day job for about 18 hours and 
you know, going into thinking about how you have to show up and be enthused and think about and have your brain switched on, it's the last thing I want to do. But learning that skill of actually how do I train myself to, for one hour, make the most of that moment, that is such an important skill because there are difficult times all the time. And of course, that's not that difficult other than energy management, but that's an important skill, right? Because it's tough and I want to respect the individual I've booked to record this interview with. They are giving up an hour of their time. It's out of respect that I want to show up as my best self then. Um, The second is just learning how to learn things better. I think one of the superpowers I've developed throughout, not just working on Fringe Legal, but otherwise is I have I've, I've sort of started on this path of becoming a super learner. Uh, not my phrase, it's a phrase I've stolen from someone whose name I can't even remember anymore. I think it's Scott Young, um, or Ultra Learner, I think is his phrase. Great book he has on it. And it's how do you distill really useful information very quickly? I have interviewed people on topics I have no idea. I still get nervous talking to people who are PhDs just because they are experts. They've spent 5, 10, 15, 20 years learning one topic. I have to come prepared enough so I can ask them good questions, not the baseline questions, but really good questions that allow them to go deep, right? And the last one is really empathizing with people and listening to people. That's the number one role I have to be so attentive for a period of time to become obsessed with what this other individual is telling me that they just want to relax and open up. I think if you can develop that skill and you can do that with everyone you meet or every other person you meet, your loved ones, whatever, it will change it will change your life, quite honestly. It sounds quite, quite a big statement, but people want not just to be heard, but they want people to feel like, man, this person really cares about this random thing I'm telling them, right? This person has the same level of obsession about this one niche topic um, that I do. I didn't know that people like this existed, right? So it's how do you actually create that kind of environment and culture? That's really, really important. That's brilliant. So throughout the last two and a half years, the, the amount of episodes that you produced, uh, it may be hard to to pinpoint this down, but I'm I'm curious what what impact would you say you're having with your side hustle? What impact is it having on you, on your audience, on the world at large? Um, I don't think I'm having that much of an impact on the world at large. Maybe my small portion of the world, perhaps. Um, so I would say, you know, all the growth things I just talked about aside, so that's an obvious personal impact for me. Um, I've been able to connect some amazing people to each other. Uh, That's a massive impact and I've got thanks uh, from that. Um, I don't actually get anything out of it. I don't need to get anything out of it, but it's just really good to be able to connect really good people to each other. Um, I've made some great friends. Uh, Honestly, I've made people, I've I've got friends now around the world that I've never met. Hopefully I will meet them one day, but I speak to them once a month, once, you know, every two or three months and we catch up as if we've known each other for a long time. Um, And lastly, I've been able to give now a platform, which I didn't have when I started the conference, but certainly I, I do have a platform now. Um, even if it's just of a few hundred people listening to, um, sorry, reading the newsletter, I can now 
give platform to people who are working on important things. So those people that are actually changing the world. So people who are focusing on solving access to justice. I just spoke with someone yesterday who are thinking around the next generation of cities that are sustainable, that are important. Now at least I can make 700 plus people aware of someone else doing that work. And that in itself, it's been amazing. Brilliant. So uh, who and what as you juggle sometimes 18, 19, 20 hour days, who and what are you thankful for in your life? Uh, I'm going to say my wife, first and foremost, for just putting up with me working 18, 20 hour days. <laughs> um, for sure. Um, no, I, I actually tell her uh, more, more times than, or probably less times I should, than I should, um, that she, she's a, a true inspiration to me. So I'm absolutely thankful for her because yeah, she has to put up with a lot, uh, which is good. And she has to put up with me working sometimes very, uh, very hectic schedule and an odd schedule, as you well know. Um, so 100% her and of course the friends, families, anyone who really gives me the time. I still get really giddy when someone says yes to come on the podcast. Um, I still get very excited. I don't care if I'm the first person who's ever asked you to do that. It means a lot to me that you, you're willing to do that. Um, so all of those individuals who've come on the show so far and uh, will be coming on in the future, you know, I'm super thankful to them because without them, uh, this would not be as much fun at all. Awesome, man. Awesome. So <clears throat> you've, <clears throat> you've got, still got um, your media empire to build, but what, what's the next big challenge that you want to conquer? What's, what, what is the next summit that you really want to, to, to conquer for yourself? Um, that's a tough one. I think I, I don't I think my focus in the short term is going to be fringe legal and my day job. Um, I think they are enough they're challenging enough for me um, to just have enough of my focus. Um, over time, there's two things I would love to work on. Um, one is and this is really bizarre and odd. I want to work on solving problems with sanitation around the world, um, both with, um, just general sanitation, so having clean food, water, all these kinds of things, but also uh, sanitary problems um, or actually the lack of access to sanitary products for women specifically. Um, I have no really reason to do it other than I think it's ridiculous that these problems exist today and I think something should be done about it. So if anyone's working on that and would love to chat, open to that. Um, but that's one of the problems I don't work on. And I think at some point I want to run my own company in some way, right? And it could just be a non-profit, not profit, or it could be a money-making endeavor. I don't know. Um, that's a thought that lingers in the back of my mind for some time in the future. Mm, fantastic. So as we wrap up today, what key piece of insight or advice can you offer listeners to help them be their best self? I'm going to share two, which may be cheating. Um, <laughs> But uh, the first one is, if you are starting out, if you don't have a network, if you don't know anything, or you feel like you don't know anything, you probably, you, you will know a lot compared to lots of people. Um, the easiest way to learn is just say yes to a whole bunch of things. Of course, be sensible about it, but don't be afraid to say yes. And more times than not, you will figure out how to get something done. Um, and certainly when you feel like something is going to be really difficult, just say yes anyway, it's okay. Uh, it's, it's not as bad if, you, if things don't work out. Uh, you still learn a lot. Uh, so that's the first one. And the second one will be, don't be afraid to ask for help. 
don't be afraid to just put yourself out there. There is an amazing book. It's one of my favorite books of all time uh, called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon, K-L-E-O-N. Um, put your work out there. It does not need to be perfect. It's very, very good if it's work in progress and ask for help, ask for feedback, ask for comments. And uh, you will be surprised how much of an impact that will make on other people and how quickly you will improve yourself as well. Uh, that's phenomenal insight. And as we wrap up today, I just want to say thank you. I'm a little bit giddy, as you describe, for having you on the show. Um, I really am. There's so many great insights I've picked up today that will even help my own side hustle. And, you know, from thinking about this is a passion project and and really the amount of desire that you need to have and, and focus on the conversations you want to have and that you're not having enough of is a huge piece of insight for me um, coming back to how you focused on building your audience and you really leveraged the brand you had no audience to your last point where um, and we'll come back to that in a bit but but you had very little base to start with and you ended up getting 800 attendees which you know meant you probably needed to reach in terms of your audience four to five times that amount to get those bums on seats you know that, that's a phenomenal achievement but it just shows that that if if you're not afraid to ask for help to your last point that you really can build that audience and get them to to come and, and take part in, in in what you're you're sharing you know your comment about diving in really um I love it because it ties into the other thing. You say yes and you want to say yes to a lot of people, but you also, by this approach of diving in and asking and making the request, other people will say yes to you. And that's a, a really powerful reciprocity key factor there. Um, you know, I, I think we talked a lot about some of the tools and, and, and it's really all about what you're comfortable with. Don't be afraid of the tools is, is my big, um, you know, and I've learned so much from you in some of our conversations offline. Uh, I've never used any of these tools before and you put me onto them and, and you're right. You know, if, if you're familiar with Zoom or if, if you're familiar with something, they're really easy to, to jump in and just try and get some content out there. Um, test, get your MVP out there. Focus on attendee experience, valuable content, and being authentic. Those were three big ones. I wanted to repeat them so that I've got earmarkers that when I re-listen to this, I make sure that everything we're delivering aligns with what you're sharing. I think it's fantastic and delivering value. Um, Ab, I, I couldn't be happier with this episode and how it, it's played out. Thank you so much for coming on, on the show. Thank you for sharing so authentically with our audience and, and volunteering to help anyone who's looking to start um, their own podcast startup. We will put your um, links in the podcast, but do you want to share that link with uh, for, for Fringe League with everyone now and where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can, if you look, if you search for my name, there's not too many people out there, but if you search for Fringe Legal um, or FringeLegal.com, uh, you can certainly find me through there. Um, contact me, as I said, I'm very happy to help anyone. Um, be mindful, I imagine you have a huge listenership. So if I end up getting thousands of requests off the back of this, just know that I may take a little while to respond, but I will get back to every single one of you. But yeah, thank you so much, Mike, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Well, thank you, Ab. It's absolutely been a pleasure for me too. And to our audience, I'd like to thank you. Before you go, I ask that you do us a good deed and share this wonderful podcast with Abajat with one other person. Please leave us a five-star rating wherever, wherever you tuned into the podcast. And for more best self-goodness, you can find us on social by searching for The Self App. From us to you, keep up the good thoughts, good words, good deeds, and continue to level up your best self. Thanks, everyone.